Hello and welcome to episode 12 of LUFC Fan Zone Podcast. I'm Sam Isles. And I'm Jack Ellis. In each episode, we'll be talking to our next Legion United player or manager about their time at the club. All of our episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast and YouTube by simply searching LUFC Fan Zone Podcast. And last episode, we were with former Italian midfielder Tommaso Bianchi, who spoke to us about life at Leeds under chairman Massimo Cellino and how he settled in at Ellen Road along with the rest of the Italian arrivals in 2014. However, this episode with a former striker who joined Leeds almost 15 years ago and first featured for the club during the 2006-07 season, which saw Leeds relegated from the Championship for the first time in the club's history. The following campaign, he scored a last-minute winner at Tramia away in Leeds' first ever match in League One, which saw his infamous backflip celebration performed for the first time in a Leeds United shirt. That's right. This week we're delighted to be joined by former League United striker Trezor Kandal. Thank you so much for joining us, Trezor. You're welcome. More than welcome. My pleasure, mate. So, Trezor, it's been over 10 years since you left Leeds and five years since you retired from professional football. But recently you've started up your own football academy, the Future Pro Academy. How's that going for you? How do you know about Future Pro Academy? <laughs> Sam does his research. <laughs> No, you know what? You it's not really like that. Um I left Leeds, yes, it's been what, ten years now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been ten years, but my career has been stopped since 2011. It's not 2015. So obviously I know you you're probably getting these information from the Wikipedia and stuff like that, but I've never really played professional football after after that. It was just me messing around, playing around, just trying to get get my fitness back, just keeping my fitness all right. But it wasn't nothing to do with me carry on with my career and stuff like that after 2015 because after my bad injury that I had. And um, so basically, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, to rectify that bit. It was not in 2015 that I stopped playing. It was in 2011 after I left Albacete in Spain. That was game over for me because of my injuries that I had started, which my injuries I started from Leeds and uh, carried it on. <laughs> in Abafete and uh, that's when we stopped. I stopped in 2011. And of course, in them 10 years since you have left Leeds, there's been a lot of changes both on and off the pitch. But do you still follow Leeds and look out for the results, especially now that we are back in the Premier League? Oh, obviously, like right now, like everyone, everyone's back in the Premier League. I'm sure I'm not. I'm not going to be the only one, to be honest with you. I'm not going to be the only one following Leeds more often right now. I wasn't really... To tell you the truth, I wasn't even following football anymore like that. It's nothing to do with just Leeds. It was just the whole thing about football. It's the whole interest and... Um, uh, I lost this interest and all this love, the, the passion that I had for football because of what happened to my leg, what happened to my career. So it's like, it's a bit like that. Don't forget, I stopped playing football. I was like, I was what? I was, I was 28, you yeah. know? I was yeah. 28 years old. And uh, when that happens, is uh, it's like you're not even prepared for for a life after football. You know, it's something that you're not prepared about when when you get injuries and that. It just may tell the doctor tells you, you know, what well, if, if you can't carry on playing, and you've got to concentrate on something else, which you're thinking to yourself, you know, what well, this is the only thing I know what to do. That's the, this is the only thing I do. That's the this is the only thing I've been doing for the for the for the, for the past years, and uh, this is the only thing I know. 
a bit what of what to do. And so when they tell you to do that, you're kind of confused. And uh, I was going through this little depression, which I can call it. I went through a lot of, lot of difficulty guys, after the early days after my injuries, after my retirement. And uh, going through the depressions and all stuff like that, going through stress every day, looking at watching football and watching all your mates, and watching your mates getting moves, watching your mates playing and enjoying themselves. It was something it wasn't easy to cope with, you know? If you was in my shoes, you would understand what I'm talking about, you know? So it's not something that's easy. So it was a bit like where I kind of completely just got away from football. So it was not just Leeds, it was just away from football. It did happen to me, yes. Yeah, and like Jack said, it's been quite a while since you joined Leeds in 2006. However, just two seasons before you joined the club, you were in non-league football playing for Thurrock in the Conference South, which at the yeah. time was five divisions below Leeds in the Championship. And mm-hmm. although you scored 79 goals in 110 matches, which isn't a bad return, did you ever see yourself playing in the Championship whilst you are in the Conference South? Because you had previously played in the Football League before. He dropped in a non-league. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. I knew I had a talent, hundred percent. Well, I wasn't sure if I could play in the Premier League. I wasn't sure, but that was that's a dream for everyone, you know, to play in the Premier League one day. That's one place where I wasn't too sure. I was thinking, oh, what if that really happens? Oh my God, I need to get myself there. I need to work hard, extra hard to get there. But to play in a, in a champion in a championship, or League Ones and Championship, yes. I kind of knew I really I knew I was I was good enough to play in the league in that them sort of leagues. And uh yes, that record, I don't even remember that record. <laughs> the record <laughs> just <laughs> completely forgotten about the record. But yes, I was kind of prepared, yeah, to get back in the league and uh, trying to see what I can do, how far I can go, but definitely knew I could play, I could test myself in the league one or championship, yes. And uh, yes, I did play. I did play earlier on. Yeah, before I dropped down to non-league, I did play. I was playing for Luton. I yeah. played for Luton. That's that was my. That's where I got my my first contract as a professional. That's why I made my debut as a professional. I was 17 years old. That's when I got a chance to play in the league. That was in League One as well back then. And uh, yeah, it was Leeds. Then I, I got a little offer. I left Leeds. It was nothing to do with football, really. It was just. The bad surrounding, I'll say. I was getting a lot of troubles off the field. I will say like that, and that's what really got uh, got a Luton to terminate my, my contract back then. It was really like that. It was nothing to do with football. It was more. I was just young, you know. I didn't know what I was doing. Obviously, yes, I did know what I was doing, but it just my head was in the right place. I was still hanging around with the same mates from school. I was still coming back to the same area. I was still doing the wrong things. I didn't really, I didn't take football as a as a job really. I just took it as a passion and just messing around really. So it's just inexperience and then got to go to the wrong place at the wrong times off the field. And that's what that's the reason why Luton they had to release me. And then I played for Luton. Uh, I played. I played. Then I went to Bournemouth. After that, I went for Bournemouth. I played for one season, which pff, nothing special after that. And then uh, I think it was then I played a little bit for Cambridge, a couple of games, and uh, it wasn't really for me. My head wasn't right, so I just dropped down the league. I dropped down the league. I didn't even drop down the league. I actually stopped playing football. That's the thing. That's the real story behind it. I stopped playing football. I went back home and I thought to myself, you know what? This is not for me anymore. That's not for me. Football is just not for me. Let me just get back to what everybody else does on road and in the streets and see what I can do something else. That's what it was. 
And then one of my mates, one of my mates called Cliff Akarang, he was my mate actually in a youth team for Luton. One of my mate, his name is Cliff. He's the one that got to me. He was like, Trez, what are you doing, man? You, what are you doing chilling at home? You need to get back to come to my club because then he was playing for Farrakh. He's the one that was playing Farrakh. And Farrakh was like, in a car, it's like 15 minutes. It was like 10, yeah. 15 minutes from my mom's house. So that's when he got me there. He goes, you know, I'm playing local. It's local. So what? We got to come and get you. I was like, nah, Cliff, man, I'm back to I'm going to try and find some job. I'm going to try to do something else from the street. I'll do what I got to do. It's football. You know, I can't got time for football. I ain't got love for football. And he was like, you know what? Yeah, I know how good you are. I know how good you can be. So, you know what? Yeah, don't worry, man. I'll come and get you. So he got the manager. He got the club captain. Yeah, that's what I saw he got. He got a club captain to come and pick me up at home. So he came with his car, picked me up. His name was Jimmy, Jimmy McFarlane. Yeah, he came to pick me up at home, taught me training. And that was it, really. Then I thought, you know what? Yeah, okay, let me just let me just come and play. Let me just get somewhere I can mess around every Saturday. Well, you only tra- you only you only train what twice a week, only Tuesday or Thursday. So let me just go and mess around. It was like that, really. It wasn't uh, it was for me, it wasn't even playing football. I was just going there just to kill some time, playing football, messing around. And that's what was happening on Farrakh then. I didn't take nothing mm. serious back then either. I wasn't even taking it that serious. That's how it was. And then uh slowly I thought I, I think I spent like two seasons there. And then I realized I started, I was starting to realize, you know what? Let me try to get to a top, a higher league, a higher, higher league than uh, this this thing, if I can try something else. Then I told the manager, yeah, you know what? I need to try something else because I just got used to playing here, messing around here, scoring a lot of goals. But, you know what? Let me try to get somewhere else. Then he took me to Dagnum. Then he released me. And he told, I went to Dagnum. Dagnum was in a conference. And then Darlington, I was there for a month. I didn't like it. That was my first time going up north. I'm not gonna lie to you, not disrespectful to you guys, but that was my first that was my first time. That was like actually my first first time where you know when you're watching match of the day, you know when I'm used to watch because we're in London, I've grew up in London, been in London all my life. And you know when you're just watching match of the day and you're just used to listening to the, all the interviews of people up north. So you're listening to people like um what's his name? That guy for Liverpool, Carragher. Is it Jimmy Callagher? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Callagher. Yeah, so you listen to you listen to his accent and you're thinking, okay, I'm I'm, I'm so used to hear this on TV, but you're not really expecting to hear this everywhere you're going. You know, I mean, you see, it was my first time. It was, it was it was a completely different experience. I went up north. This is me not expecting nothing like that. So I'm going up north now. <laughs> this story is actually quite. It kills me every time I think about. It. I'm going up north. And I'm getting to the club. I got to the secretary. The secretary, she, I think she was from, uh, she wasn't even from North. She was from, I think she was from South, from Birmingham somewhere, from Midlands or something. So she was all right. So then she took me to the, she, she you know, then I went to meet the manager. The manager was all right. And then when I got to the changing room, and I was like, what the, heck? what is going on here? I feel like I was in a different country, basically. I was like, <laughs> I was like, the accent is even worse than Leeds. Leeds was alright. Leeds, Leeds is okay compared to compared to Darlington. It was like near Newcastle. It was crazy. I was like, what is this? Like, I can't even understand a word of what people are saying here. I'm in a different world. I'm in a different country, and it was so cold. I'm talking about cold <laughs> of the cold. The pitch was frozen. I'm like, nah, come on. The pitch was brilliant. I'm, I'm talking about this pitch. I'm talking about the, the stadium. Darlington Stadium, it was wow. Yeah. It was the new setup. Even from the outside, when you're coming, you're coming to the car park, you're just thinking, wow, what is this from the outside? It's brilliant. Everything was brand new. The changing was brand new. Everything was brilliant. The, the setup was really brilliant. 
And then you go in there, you just meet the change room, you go to the change room, meeting all the players and that. It was just something different. That was like, they was in League Two then. I got basically, I, got, I played for Dagenham. I was there for three months and I got moved to, on loan to sign permanent for Darlington. I was there for a month. I didn't really like it. I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't settle down there. Even though I played six games, I, scored, I think I scored like two goals. But I was, it was just, I, would, I didn't feel home at all. And then I told my club, you know what, yeah, please just take me back. I want to come back to London. I want to come back to Dagenham. <laughs> I came back to Dagenham. I spent like one week or two. And then Barnet came in again. Then the manager goes, you know what, yeah, I know you can play higher than this. I told you if something, someone comes in for you, I'll let you know and I'll let you go. I'm not going to hold you back. And I was like, I've only, I've only just been here for what, three months? No, I mean, even then I was taking it serious, but not even that serious because anybody else, they would just be excited to be playing in the league, back in the league. But me now, he was like, I'm playing in the conference and I'm getting a move on loan, a league above. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not really that, I was excited, yes, but I'm not really that keen on it like that. So it was, it was a funny story where I had to come back. Then I got another call up for Barnet on loan, same thing on loan. And uh, the same thing happened. When I went to Barney, I was like, okay, I went to Barney. Barney was around the corner. He was in London. So I went to Barney. I went to speak to the manager, Mr. Faircloth. And this guy was just brilliant. Yeah, and like, when you did join a Barney, you obviously returned to the Football League after you declined. What many Leeds fans might not know is that just a couple of months into your Barney contract, you were sent to prison for 13 weeks for driving offences, which meant that you were unable to play for your new club in League Two. How was that time for you and how much of an impact did you feel that that sentence might have had on your professional career as you'd worked to get back up there? Yeah, I'll tell you what, as, uh, as, I'm, as I'm speaking to you, I don't know if you realise, I keep on saying I wasn't really serious, wasn't really, really serious. Yeah. I just took things as they were coming. I took football as, they, as I was playing, as it was coming. I never took football where, as a profession where... I'm going to get paid. I want the money. I want this. I want that. It wasn't really like that. I'll tell you the truth. It wasn't like that until I went in prison. Even when I got that move, that's why I was getting all these moves. Uh, I was getting on loan, getting all these moves, leagues above. I was not, I was excited, but I was not really keen. And I was not desperate like that. But it's only when I got to prison, that's when you're, that, you know, in the, sometimes in life, you only get to the worst place. That's for you to realize how lucky you were. You know what I mean? So he were, I think there was a time when I got punched in the face. I got to see this, I got the, I think I got this Mac Tyson punch on my face. And I realized, you know what? It's either you wake up now or you're just gonna carry on like that and you're gonna waste your time. That was the time when I woke up. It was difficult, yes. If you're talking about a bit of difficulties, and yes, it was very difficult because I went there. Everything that was happening before, it was just me being a kid, me being a kid in the head. My body, I was like, I think I was up a bit 23 and that. But I would just plainly be a kid, been a kid in the head because the things I was doing off the field, like I'm telling you, it was just crazy. It was that me driving in a band. I was in a band. I was still drive. I was in a band. I was still drive. Can you believe I was going the same way to training every morning? And he's like, the police actually knew my, they knew my car. They knew where I park. They knew the car park I park. They knew where I train. They knew where I work. So they actually know this guy goes past here probably at 9.30 every morning or 9 o'clock every morning. And we know his car park waiting on the park. So we're, we're going to be sitting and we're going to be watching him when he's coming to park. And we're just going to stop him easily. They were done that for me. I remember there was one, two weeks I went through. They actually, in two weeks, they stopped me like probably eight, nine times or 10 times. 
It's like every day I was going training, the same policeman who come to me and goes, Trez, why are you doing this to yourself? We told you to stop driving. Why are you doing it? Why do you want to mess up your career? The guy will talk to me like this. And you see me tomorrow, he, t- he tell me the same thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually being an idiot where I'm thinking, I'm smarter than these guys. This guy, they can't stop me. You know what I mean? And I was like that in my head. So then boom, that should put me in. So that's why I always like, have this something about this club Barney because what they've done for me was it was amazing enough. I don't think there was many clubs that would have done that for anybody or maybe not for me. I can't, I can't, I can't see it happening. They actually knew I was going to go jail before I went to jail because my solicitor already told them that Trez was going to get locked down for maybe four, three, four months. And uh, the club still decided to keep my contract. So as I was in prison, the club was there waiting for me to come back in pre-season. But the way they fixed it, even the prison, I don't know who, de- who dealt with it, but the way they fixed it is where they made sure I went to prison just before I went on my holiday. or Just when the season is finishing, they took me to court. So they locked me down well, the whole two months when I was in prison. And when I came out, I missed the whole preseason. I missed the whole preseason. So I think I've done like three and a half months. So I missed the my whole holidays. And then I missed the preseason. So when I came back, when as soon as I came out, I came, I think I came out like on Wednesday or Tuesday or something like that. And the game was on Saturday. So I think I came out on Wednesday or Thursday. One of them days, it was like three, two days before the game. I came out in a second league, a second match of the season. So I didn't have no preseason, basically. My preseason basically was two days when I came out of prison. I came training, I was running for one day, came run the other day. And Saturday there was a game, I was on the bench. <laughs> That's how it was. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was crazy, and I came out, and the shirt that they saved me, they had to give me size extra bigger because I just got big. I just went went to the gym, I started putting on size. It was like I came out, and my mindset was completely changed. That's what that's when I really realized, you know what? I need to sort myself out now, or before I just regret one day because life you only live once and time flies, didn't it? So that's what happened. Really, I pushed myself up, and I thought to myself, it's time to stand up. And be real, and that's what I do for the kids now. Mm, obviously, I thought you're probably going to talk about it later anyway. So that's when I woke up. That's when I realized, you know what? It's a time to kick off. Yes. So you I'm were released from prison, yeah, just after the start of the 2006-7 season, after serving half of your sentence, which allowed you to feature for Barnet. And as you previously mentioned, they continued on mm-hmm. your contract. And yeah. in your first 21 matches, you ended up scoring 18 goals in League Two, and you made the yeah. switch to Leeds initially on loan in November that season. When did you first yeah. hear of Leeds' interest? And were you surprised to be joining on loan rather than making a permanent switch to Ellen Road? Because obviously you were a vital player at Barnet that season. Yeah. Uh, if I was surprised, not I was not surprised because I just knew things. there were so many clubs coming to watch. It got to the point even my teammates was getting bored, bro. They was getting bored of me. They was like, before games, they were like, oh, yeah, we see Crystal Palace is right there. We see Wolves up there. We see Leeds up there. We see these names up there. We see Coventry is right there. We see Birmingham is right there. It's like we had a list. The list can we, we had a, such a long list in my, with my agent. He had this list. And he used to talk to me nearly every two days. He wasn't talking to me every day because he didn't want to get me, get my, my head too excited about it. So he would, at least he would tell me. He would tell me, Trez, just go and go to this game and just smash it. You know, where you got Cardiff, we're playing against Cardiff. Yeah, there was Cardiff was there. There was, we had, the list was like, we had probably 15 teams for all from championship. I think maybe West Ham was watching me as well. But West Ham was like in a Premier League. I think, 
within the Premier League or within the Championship back then? I forgot. I think they would have the been in the Premier biggest League. one. I think was West Ham. I think in the Premier League, and uh, but the rest of the whole I'm talking about 15 teams or 13 to 15 teams that was all top Championship clubs, and um, it was something that I got. I, I, I kind of got used to it, and it was there was a few League ones, but there's no way someone's gonna go to League One when you're. You've got such a long list of championship. I'm only playing for league two, in league two, so they would have to jump two leagues above me. No, so I had to choose. I had to choose between one of the, te- the teams, and my agent, he's the one that chose Leeds. Really, he was the one that made that choice of uh, choosing Leeds because he goes, you know, Trez. I can't even see a club compared to Leeds in this list. This list is long, but there's so many clubs. I'm speaking. I'm speaking to. There's so many clubs. I'm knocking on the door. The Leeds are the one. I was like, but yeah, but Leeds, they only want me on loan. They only want me on loan. He goes, Trez, don't worry. Just got it. I trust you. You're going to do well. And we're going to sign a permanent. I was like, to be fair, I wasn't really too keen on that just because the loan thing was there just in front of me. And the other, so many other clubs that just wanted me permanent straight away. But Leeds was there with the loan thing first. And then so I was, I still feel like I had something to prove. I still feel like they was putting me in a test, so I had to prove something. And it was two leagues above when I was like, you know what, I need to test myself against like one of the, the best in the league as well. So um, it was difficult, but I thought to myself, you know what, I'll test myself, man. You know, I've got nothing to lose. I'll test myself. I've got really got nothing to lose. I know I'm just, I just came from, well, four months ago, I was in jail. Four months before that, I was in jail. So <laughs> I'm like, you know, I've got nothing to lose right now. Just go forward and just get it done. And actually, we had a game against Leeds in a cup game. A couple of days, a couple of weeks before, or weeks or months or weeks before that, we had a game. We had a game against Leeds, even though I think we lost. I think Barnett lost. I think we lost three. Was it three? I can't, yeah. I can't remember the score. You scored. Lost, and I yeah. was on a bench. <laughs> I was on a bench when I came on. Yeah, I scored. And it was crazy. It was funny. And uh, we done so well. And I was playing against these defenders. I was like, oh, wow. These guys are fucking strong, man. <laughs> I'm not used to that. I'm trying to pace somebody. And you can see somebody's actually got that extra pace, that extra intelligence to turn against you when you're trying to do something and trying to turn around and it's already on your face. So I really just had to fix it up and then just be sharper than what I was what I was used to in League 2. Yeah, so we chose to go to Leeds and I'm very happy because I think I made the right choice. Yeah. And... Your move to Leeds was confirmed on the 23rd of November 2006 and you made your Leeds debut as a substitute just two days after you signed in a 2-1 away win at Plymouth. What can you remember about your Leeds debut and were you surprised to make your first appearance in a Leeds shirt so soon after you joined? Especially away at Plymouth because I imagine you and the side travelled down to the game less than 24 hours after you actually signed. Yeah, everything was happening so quick. I was not surprised, man, because I spoke to... When I came there, I spoke to Dennis Wise. I spoke to Guy Spoyer, and he told me about the vision. He told me how he's going to give me opportunities. He's going to make me play. He's going to do this, that, that. So I was not... I was actually ready. And I was excited. I was really excited. I was like watching the Sky Sports. I could see my name there in Sky Sports. Yeah, Trez has got to just move to Leeds. He's on loan at Leeds. My whole family was there watching. People was excited. So I just wanted to do as quick as as quick as possible so I could just prove something. I just wanted to, the permanent to happen so quick. I didn't want. I didn't want to go back to, to to League Two. Tell you the truth, I really didn't want to go back to League Two. I just wanted to stay in the Championship and carry on in the Championship and fix up myself, uh, make myself better, test myself against the best. So that game against Plymouth was good, man. It was a good game, man. It was a good game, and 
I remember I was playing against one of my ex-teammates that was playing for... Back then, he was playing for Bournemouth as well. He was there playing for playing for Plymouth. He was like, fucking I chose him. You made a way all the way up here. Wow, well done in that, man. It was good, man. Nice to see you again. Because, I mean, you remember a couple of years before that when I was playing for, Bar- for Bournemouth, I never had a chance, really. Pff, my head wasn't even in a place, not even a bit. You know what I mean? Nothing to nothing about it, nothing at all. My head wasn't even there. Me playing for all these clubs before that, it was just me going to these clubs to mess around. That's what it was. Like I told you before, the only time I got serious, the only time I realised this was a job and this one I had to behave, this one I had to take it serious. It's only after when I went to jail. That's when I came out. And I think the you can see it from the way I was behaving, even on the pitch as well, the way I changed myself. I changed so many things when I went inside jail. And when I came out of jail, I changed so many things off the field. And you could see the result was on the pitch as well when I was playing for Barney. And it just that's why things just happened so quick. Came to Leeds, it was enjoyment, man. It was good. It was good. I was I was I was so excited to play against Plymouth, yes. And then after that, I guess my my game my, my full debut when I started the game it was like a week after that against Barnsley, right? Yeah, that was gonna be the next question because you made your debut okay. at Ellen Road. It just it's yeah. the parents starting a two two draw against Barnsley. And as well as playing the full ninety minutes, you scored in Ellen Road in your first match. What can you remember about that headed goal and how important do you think it was to score so early in your Leeds career? Yeah, it's always important for, for a striker to get goals early. That's any striker would tell you that. It's always good to get to get off the mark really early. It gives you that extra confidence. It makes you feel like you're part of the team. It makes you feel like you can do it. You feel like, you know what, I belong to be here. I'm, I'm supposed to be here, man. I'm supposed to be here a long time ago, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you're playing against uh, good players around you. You're playing against, obviously, better players. Compared to what compared to what I was kind of used to before that, no disrespect to anyone, but that's just the reality, which is the truth. And um, yeah, it was good, man. It was a good. It was, I was really excited, and it was really good, man. It was really good, good feeling. When the January transfer window opened that season, you had featured for Leeds in every match since joining on loan, and Leeds ended up making your deal permanent for a reported three hundred twenty thousand. The manager at the time. And the person who made your move permanent was Dennis Wise, someone who both fans and players had mixed opinions about. The fans, because he had previously been at Chelsea in his playing days, and the players, because of his aggressive managerial style. And we've spoken to Matt Kilgallen and Casper Ankergren on the show in previous episodes, and they mentioned his aggressive attitude in the dressing room. But how did you find Wise as a manager? <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you... Me... You know what? We're all different people, you know? See, me, I'm the sort of person where aggressive, somebody being aggressive to me, I don't see it. I don't see somebody being aggressive to me. It depends how you take it. Somebody could be real to you. Like me right now, I could tell you something that is just a reality. But some people, they will call it aggressive because that's the way they see it. But from where I come from, I'll tell you what, we all come from different place of places, from different backgrounds, from uh, different cultures. Me, what I saw in Dennis Wise, it was like, it was normal for me. Yeah. I'm talking about me, TK, is like, it was normal for me because of probably the culture where I come from and uh, the my background where I come from is like, is like you have to be real. If I have to say A to you, I'll say A to you. I won't say B or C to you. I'll say, I'll say A. If I have to spell it out, I'll spell it out to you, which I can understand. I remember Matty, Matty was a good guy to me, man. Okay, now this guy was the first guy to took me to the gym. He was like, yeah, Trez, you can use that gym. You can use that gym anytime you want. So um, I can understand how 
the mat could could have felt. You know what I mean? Because we, like I'm saying to you, we all come from different places. We see things different. But me, my, in, on my side, I respect what Matt said and everything. But on my side, I just never really saw it like that. That's me. I just never really saw it like that. Even though sometimes you'll be screaming, sometimes he was, you can call it aggressive, as people can say, you can call it this and that. But me, I just thought he was the, maybe sometimes I can, like, like, I can call it passion. I can call it the way he was because he was, he was real and he was bringing up what was inside of him. I prefer some me now from my, from, that's what I'm saying to you, where I come from, I like someone to tell me A when he's A. I like someone to tell me the truth B when he's B. I like someone to tell me, no, Trez, you are FFF. You're messing about. You're doing this because I want you to tell me the truth. If you're going to sack me, I prefer somebody to go, you know what, you, I'm going to sack you. I prefer someone to be like that to me. I don't want someone to tell me, oh, well done. Oh, you're right, yeah? Oh, everything is fine. And then behind my back, you're probably looking to release me or you're probably looking to to kill me or you're looking to destroy my career when I don't know, when I'm not expecting it. Well, that's not what you're showing me on my face. I don't, I can't live with people like that. I can't, I don't like that. You understand? So I'm completely different. So I liked Dennis Wise. Me and Dennis Wise, we got along well. I was aggressive. I was always been aggressive as a person. As a player, I was always aggressive. My body language sometimes, I can be aggressive too. It was just my style of play and it's just the way I am. From where I'm from, we are, we can be straight to you. People call aggressive, but it's just, no, he's not being aggressive. It's probably just the way people express themselves sometimes. And me, I could understand Dennis West and Dennis West could understand me. I think maybe because probably we've had the same troubles and we've been, we've got the same personality or maybe that could be the reason but he's just the way he is. It is what it is, man. Me, I never saw. I never saw him as an aggressive player, uh, as a person, or he's never seen an aggressive attitude. I remember we had a meeting. We used to have some meeting before, where in a meeting he was straight. He was so straight to you, like you know what? Okay, you know what? You're me and you. We're having one on one outside on the pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dennis Wise was like that. He would tell you straight. He would tell you, you know what? Yeah, if you want to mess about, me and you will have a one on one. Which that could be that's a killer for some players. It could be a, it can be a, that's a really a killer for some players. Like me now, I've had times where Dennis Rice would say something to me and I was saying, Shut up, man. You know what I'm saying? I've had that on the pitch where my manager, you know, he's telling me to do something on the pitch. I remember like it was yesterday. I was like, Shut up. But then at the same time, this guy he had a way of understanding me and the passion that I had, the way I was feeling at the time, I'll still come, I come off at half time and I apologize for what I said, but he could understand it. He wouldn't think like Trezor here, yeah, I had this, he was aggressive, Trezor was this, Trezor was polite. I don't think Dennis Wise saw me like that. He just probably, on, he could understand how I was feeling and how I felt at the time. This depends how people take it. You understand? It just depends how people take it. Because I think Mal was more referring about probably the meeting that we had. I remember we had one meeting in the changing room. I mean, in a in a meeting room, and it was crazy, man. It was mad. He was mad. Like he was having a go. I think it was Gary Kelly. He was having a go. Gary Kelly about. I don't know if I have to mention it here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna mention it. I'm not gonna mention it. I don't know who's gonna be watching this, but he was just like straight. He was like straight, you know, talking about wages, talking about all these things. He was just 
was mad, but that's how much he cared about the club, you know. Well, at the same time, he, he did care about the club. You, he cared about about we had to settle down what was going through the club, you know. what I'm saying he still cared about it so much about what was going around. Because we got to the point where I don't know, you guys obviously remember we had a minus fifteen, yeah. and before yeah. we got the minus fifteen, some of us never got paid for two months when we was going through the madness of the club. You guys must remember that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if you see it, it was kind of one of them things where the guy was starting talking about wages, people with the big wages and stuff. He was talking about, you know what, let's try to fix things different ways. But maybe he went on, the way he went on about it was a bit aggressive. He was a bit loud. But behind it, if you can understand the reason why he was doing it, it's just because obviously he didn't want some of us, some of the rest of the players that are going to come in the club to 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 fall out and... Uh, to lose a lot, of, a lot of things at the club because the club needed some money. So maybe just the way you approached them, the guys about it, it was a bit. Maybe it was maybe wrong. <laughs> but me, me personally, me, I could understand. I could understand because this guy, I do understand this guy. This guy was real to me, and that's what me appreciate. Me, I'm the sort of person where you're real to me, I'll be real to you. You tell me no, you tell me TK, fuck off because you're not good enough. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I don't appreciate somebody that'll say to me, you know what? I'll play you next game. You're going to be, hey, you know what? How many games is left? There's 10 games left. I'll play you 10 games. I'll play you nine games. Then you end up playing me one game. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, how can I appreciate someone like that? I mean, you're sending me on loan. People are sending people on loan. Would you prefer somebody that tells you, you know what? I think you're not good enough for this club, right? I think you need to leave. I don't think you're good enough for this club. You tell me, you guys. I know it's your questions, it's my answers, but you, you tell me, please. Sure. Would you prefer somebody that tells you, you know what, I don't think you're good enough to be at this club. I think you deserve to go and find another club. Would you prefer someone to be like that to you or somebody that tells you, you know what, yeah, go on loan. I'll send you on loan and then you're going to sign permanent. You've gone on loan, become the, one of the top scorers in a league, in a different club, uh, in the same league, one of the top, top scorers in the league. And uh, I had your word when you told me about, oh, you can you can go away. You know what? You go there. You're going to sign permanent. Da, 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 da. And when I go there, you see me scoring all the goals. Oh, no, I want you back at the club. Now, when you're back at the club, I think we had a meet, we're having a meeting with somebody. Oh, yeah, I'm going to let you play. You're going to be playing. Don't worry, man. You're going to be playing your places here. You're going to be playing. You end up spending the whole the whole season, the whole the whole night, six months, not being on a bench. Would you prefer somebody like that or would you prefer somebody that tells you, you know what, yeah, you're not good enough here. Yeah. We need to sell you because you're not good enough. Which person would you prefer to to be next to? You need a realist, somebody don't you? Exactly. You, you prefer someone that's realistic. Exactly. You don't want someone to mess around with your career because your career is very short. I prefer people like that too. So it just depends how people are. <laughs> Although you signed permanently for Leeds, when you did sign, you failed to find the net again in that season. And Leeds's form fell, and the side fell dangerously close to the relegation zone in the championship. And yeah. in the last home game of that season, Leeds had to win at home against Ipswich Town to have any chance of staying in the championship. However, after a 1 1 draw, Leeds were relegated to League One for the first time in the club's history. And although mm. you sat on the bench that match, you came on as a substitute in the 88th minute just after their equaliser. And when Leeds' relegation was all but confirmed, there was a mass pitch invasion which suspended the match for half an hour and Leeds were relegated to the third division of English football. What can you remember about that day and how did it feel to fall into League One with Leeds? 
Oh, mate, that that day, that day was just pure sadness. It was pure. I can't even explain it. You know, I can't really explain it. That it was just, it was just sad. You know what I mean? Because there was the reason why I came to the club. The history. You're talking about a couple of seasons before that. I think it was like four years before that. This club was in a. It was like in the semi-final of championship or the Champions League. So you're looking at the history, looking at all the players around. Leeds didn't never deserve to be there. I'm talking about from the new players, especially the senior players. If you're looking at the squad we had, I don't understand. Even when I got to the club, before obviously before you come to the club, everybody gets the opportunity where you're looking at the team sheet. You're looking at the team sheet, you're looking at the match programs, you're looking at the team sheet. And you look at the team sheet, you go, you got people like David Healy. You got there's someone at the home of David Healy up there for you, man. You got Gary Kelly right back. You've got you've got you got these teams where some of the players you know you used to watch them play for games, play for international games, you used to watch them play every Saturdays or in match of the days. So you still got this vision of these players, these big, big, big players playing in the championship. So I wasn't even asking myself, how the hell is league struggling in this league? Why? Why are they struggling? Why are they not even meet tables? But what can you say, man? It was just what it had to be. It was just sad, you know. It was sad to get out. We just knew this fact, the fact that we just knew there's a lot of players going to be leaving as well. We just knew there were so many players living. There was a lot of players that were living. People was on big wages back then as well. People was like on decent, good wages back then in the championship. So... It was just sad. It was just sad. But then we thought, like, you know what? Yeah, make one step back and just trying to come back as quick as possible. That was the plan. And just come back as soon as possible back to the championship. At least trying to fight for the for the playoffs and that to get back in the premiership. So that was the plan, really. That was the plan. It was really sad to see a big club name like that just going the falling the falling the falling down the to League One. It was sad to see it. It was really sad. And like you mentioned, there are a lot of outgoings that season at Leeds and ended up selling 22 players, which was the majority of the first team squad. But were you ever close to leaving the club or did you always want to stay despite the relegation and the off-field problems? I was nowhere near that, near, near that, 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 that group of people where it wasn't even going to come across my mind. It wasn't even going across my mind. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a question. You know, it wasn't even a question. I never, I, I never proved anything. I can't leave a place without me feeling like I have to prove something. If I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna leave the club because I just came to the club. I just came to the club. I was a baby at the club. I was one of the babies at the club. So I had, I had something. I had to leave my name somewhere. I had to. I had people to. I, I need. I had to get people to remember at least a little bit of me. You know what I mean? There's no way I could have left. It wasn't even in my head much to leave. You know what I mean? I just came from. I came from the. I was playing the conference two years before that. No, I was playing not even conference. I was playing below conference, two, three years or two years before be, before that. So I was just like getting used to that, and uh, I thought to myself, no, 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 this is gonna be an opportunity for me now. Back to League One, okay, cool. I know we're not supposed to be. I know League's name is just massive for this league, but I had to be there trying to do my best for what I can do to help the club bounce back up. That was the plan. No way was it in my mind. Not even, not even a question. Not even one percent in my mind thinking about oh, I have to leave like the rest. Nah. And because of the lack of players, Leeds ended up signing 10 players in the space of 24 hours just two days before that trip to Tramnia, allowing the Leeds to have a full squad for their trip to Merseyside. Really? Was, it, was it that many players were signed that season? I can't even remember all this, you know? Yeah. We could see different faces coming, but I can't even remember. I meant 10 players. Wow. Yeah. Really? Um, yeah, honestly, 10. 
what can you remember about the preparation for that match and how hard was it because of the increase of all these new players you probably wouldn't have known very well no i didn't know anyone i can who did we bring in who was it that came in because i remember seb carroll was there uh, obviously we had people like Bra- uh, bradley came is that when bradley came bradley didn't johnson. even come at the start of the season did he yeah I'm trying to think <laughs> bradley johnson he never came at the start of the season Nah, he never came at the start of the season. In the summer, Casper uh, was Casper. Did Casper yeah. came? Yeah, Casper was one of them. Yeah, Casper was one of them. Who else? I can't remember. Ten. Ten is a lot, isn't it? Like Casper. Okay. Um... Do we need to take a look? This... Yeah, hang on one second. Oh, go on. Uh, here we go. In Casper, Ankergren, Liam Constantine, Miles Weston, Pro. Oh yeah, Leon, Leon Constantine. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Weston. Dave Proton. Yeah, Thompson. Western King. Pro- yeah, Dave, Dave Proton, yeah. Hughes. Hughes, Hughes. David Martin. Paul Unzington. Yeah. Felipe right. De Costa. Matt Lucas. Seb Saucer. Neil Kilkenny. Yeah, Seb Saucer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Forgot. You know what? There's some players you actually completely forgotten about them. Oh, my days. Yes, Martin and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people came in. But you know what? For some reason, it's like I can't. I can't. That's why I'm so surprised when you tell me ten people came in. I didn't see it. We never really got. I didn't. I didn't see it like that. It's like people were coming in, but we never got to realize it was ten. Like you're telling me ten new players came in. I'm like, really? Ten? It's like you don't really see it like that. You just see people coming in because we were bonding straight away. Yeah. It's like people will come in and we just bond in. These people will come in. People will come. And we just bonded in and we didn't realise people coming in like that. You know what I mean? We didn't really see I didn't. I never really got to see it like that until you're telling me it was 10 people that came in like that. So people were just welcome. And we was thinking we had to get, we, we had to find the best team straight away. The best way of uh, getting everyone to fit in and everyone to understand each other's games. And I think that's where, that's when we know that Dennis Wise done a good job with uh, Guys Boy. They got us together and uh, with the training, this preseason was tough. Preseason was good. Uh, we went to we went to Germany. We went to did we go to Cy- Cyprus? I can't remember. Was it Cyprus as well? I remember. I remember us going to Germany. We had a Germany preseason. We had a we went to we went to Ireland. It was good, lad. Like, the preseason was sharp. It was strong. It was good, and you can see that like, everyone was really really up for it. And we, we was thinking to myself to ourselves, you know what? We couldn't we couldn't just be the hang around in that league for too long we couldn't do it so we had to prove something especially me I was saying to myself you know what yeah I can't be staying in this league we need to come back in the championship just for the club just for the name of that club the name was too big basically to come to stay in a league that's why you could see like even every time we were playing a game it was like a cup final for everyone people come in to play against us it's like they had to prove themselves it was difficult it was a hard game you come in to play against someone at Lincoln and it will be your hardest game ever because they're just playing a final. That, that was a final for them. It was like crazy. That's how it was. He was like, you're playing against this, this, the smaller names and the games were actually slightly harder because people were just coming and just proving a point all the time. We were playing against Leeds. You know what? If I do well against Leeds, yes, I've got my position for the next what, for the next 10 games. That's how it was for other players. So it was really difficult. Yeah, and... The match didn't get off to the best starts at Tranmere because the host took the lead in the first half. However, a leveller from Matt Heath saw Leeds fighting for three points in the final minutes of the game. And in the final minute of the game, you managed to find the winner after a bundle from a free kick, which 
gave Leeds the best possible start to life in League One. What can you remember about that goal? Because it's a goal which some Leeds fans still sing about today. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that a lot. I get that a lot from a lot of people. Let me give a shout-out to my guy that gave me the assist, didn't it? Hughes, the Hughesy. Hughes gave the assist from, the, I think he was from the right. He cut it on his left and just crossed it and the ball was really low. We've got a video it's one of them ball on Instagram. Trezor, if you want, if you want yeah. to send you afterwards, we've got a recording of it somewhere. Yeah, send it to me, please. Yeah, send it to me. Yeah, okay. Cheers. Yeah, so I remember Hughes, he just cut it. When he cut it, as soon as he cut it on his left, on back on his left foot, and I, he looked up and I just, I just knew he was going to cross it. And the first thing you're thinking, you're just, you're just praying it comes to your head. You're just praying for it, you know what I mean? Because you put yourself in a position, but you don't know where the ball is going to go. So you're just praying for it and just anticipate. And I had to anticipate quickly. And just luckily for us, and he went through the keeper. I think he went through the keeper's legs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good moment, man, because we needed it. We really needed it. And we had to get off, like I said to you, the first game is always good to get the first goals and the first games for the team as well. We needed it because you can see the feeling we had after the game. You can see us going around the rules like, we had a little speech in the middle of the pitch after the game. And it was just, that was just the start. And we was getting through minus 15. Don't forget that. It was minus 15 games. That's when the minus 15 season started. So we had to, it was just, it was a cup final for us. Every game was a cup final. Because we was a pure bottom of the bottom of the league when we started the season. Plus we were the minus 15. So we really had to just kick off quickly, quicker than everybody else. Yeah, like you said, after that win at Tranmere, Leeds won the next four matches, meaning that the minus 15 points had been wiped out in just five games. What can you remember yeah, about so that imagine, so imagine, So imagine if we started a game without a minus 15, if it was just a normal game, if it was just a normal, if it was a normal season with a zero, we would have gone up, the, we would have gone, gone, gone back to the championship. Yeah. We would have, gone, we would have been back in the championship yeah. if, we never, if we never had a minus 15. That's how bad it is. People seem to forget that. So that season was tough for us. It was really tough. It was really tough because you're playing with a lot of pressure as well. The games becomes harder because you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself. We're playing with a lot of pressure. So the games, every game was harder because as well, like I said, it's a cup final for everybody else that's coming to play against us. And um, at the same time, we want to win. And when you become desperate to win, that's what makes it hard for yourself because you're putting pressure on yourself. You're not playing your normal game. You're desperate not to miss a position, to miss a chance. You're des- Some people start they starting being scared of missing chances. Like if you miss a chance, you feel like, oh my god, you're letting the team down. You're letting the team down because we were so desperate to get off the minus fifteen and just start winning every game. Every, every game we drew, every game we lost. It was like a, it was like that was like a, like a nightmare for us, man. We had to all go through five days thinking about it every day. I mean, it was really difficult. It was hard. It was really hard because we were so desperate just to smash that league and just finish off and come back in the championship. And yeah. And like you said, Leeds' form was extremely good for the first half of the season. And despite starting on minus 15 points, in January, the side was so close to the automatic promotion places. But when all was seemingly going well, Dennis Wise quit the club for Newcastle just one day before Leeds' match away at Southend. Did that come as yeah. a surprise to you and the players? Because the team was in a very strong position. It was in a very good, strong position, yes. Uh, if I was surprised, I'll tell you what. Me and Dennis Wise, we had this good relationship. Me and Dennis Wise, he was this guy that was, like I'm telling you, like I said to you earlier, he was real. 
Denis one. I don't know if he was rude to the others, or maybe he was the same, but maybe they never got to understand him because some people, like I said to you, they don't, they, they don't see things the way we some of, some of us like me, I see things. But I used to have personal chat with this uh, with this with this legend. You know what I mean? So me, I'll I'll go to I'll I'll walk up to Dennis Dennis one and I say to him, "Why are you leaving? Can you tell me the reason why you're leaving?" And he told me. I remember, I remember we had a game. What game was it? We had a game in London. That's this is this is him. We know he's going. I think it was his last game. I think it was the South End game, right? Was it the South the End South, game? The South game was that he left just the day before that match. The day before South End. Yeah. So no, it was not South End. It was another game we had, and uh, we were staying in a hotel somewhere in London. I don't know which game it was, but Luton was the game before South End. Luton away. Yeah, looting away, yeah. He came to say bye to everyone. And uh, I was looking at him from far, thinking, why is this guy leaving? Why is he really going? So I saw I saw him walking. <laughs> this is funny, yeah. I was looking at him with a I was looking at him in a hotel. I'm sitting there, he's saying bye to everyone, I was talking to everyone. I'm like, okay, I need to ask this guy, why is he really going? Why is he going at this time? Why this time? And I could not ask him that in front of everyone because I know how I talk to him. So I seen him walking away and I was follow I just followed him. I followed him in a corridor somewhere. And guess where he was going? Go on. This guy was getting in the toilet. <laughs> this guy was getting in the toilet to have a piss. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Fuck it. I followed him in the toilet. So this guy is standing there pissing. And I'm standing next to him and I'm like, excuse me, D. Because I used to call him D sometimes. I thought, D, like, really, are you really going like that? He was like, oh, Trez, yeah. He told me the reasons why. He told me his personal reasons. He told me the inside out of him going to tell the truth. But I cannot say it here. Sorry, I cannot really say it. He actually, he, we had a one-on-one -on -one chat for a good three minutes. He goes, look, Trez, you know what? This, this, this has to be done. I know where you are. Always call me when you need me. Anytime you need anything, you just call me. This, 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 this. He he told me he broke it down to me in four in three four minutes about why he was leaving and what he's looking to do. What this 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 and that. He told me and I was like, you know what? Okay. I was like, fine. That's like fine. That's how if that's how it is. Then I respect you. What can I do? You have to respect the person, you know, obviously for what he's done for me, for everybody else, what he's done for his life. So for what he told me, I just had to respect it because he was real. That's the thing about Dennis Wise. He was real to me. So he just told me how it was and that, fine. So when he left, that was it really. Yeah, that's what, what happened. But one thing I remember he told me, if you need anything, any anything, you know where I live, you've got my number, just call me. Just call me anytime. Yeah. Despite the fifth place finish that season, the fans found it quite hard to take because of the points deduction. And like we mentioned before, that would have left Leeds in the automatic places. But on a personal level, you made your international debut just before the end of that season, featuring for Congo against Algeria, yeah. Uh, yeah. which was another high for you that year. How did you find yeah. out that you'd be representing Congo and how did it feel to make your first international appearance? Uh, that was wow. You know what I mean? It was wow, but it's like a couple, couple weeks before that, I was getting a call because my friend, I've got my cousin that was already playing for Congo. Yeah. My cousin, uh, uh, Trezor Lua Lua. 
He used to play for Congo anyway. He was, he was, he was, he's like a legend there. He was playing. He's been playing it for years, years before me. And uh, he was, he's, he's um, our uncle, which is his, uh, his dad's brother. He was talking to me and he was going to me, Trez, you know what? You're going to be called up for Congo and I play for Congo. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I was just taking it as a joke, as usual. And uh, then I got a phone call. I got a phone call from the coach. He goes to me, yeah, well, Trez, you know what? Would you want to come to Congo and play for us? You know, play for your country. Do you, like, do you love your country? I was like, obviously, I love my country. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, we're going to book you out there. Yeah, well, send, give me your email. Give me your club's email and uh, we'll write to them. Simple as that. And it was a surprise to me. It was a surprise, but I was kind of prepared for a couple of days, a couple of weeks before that, because obviously my uncle was talking to me about it. But when you get an actual call from the from the from the coach himself, you're thinking, okay, this is really real. And this is one thing I've really, really never expected in my life. You know, this, this you know, there's certain things that just don't even come across your mind. One day to be international, play for playing international game. I've never, I've never, that's never crossed my mind. That's never, never crossed my mind at all. So. When it came, it was a good feeling. It was a good feeling to feel amongst the people where, okay, I got a call up. Okay, I got, I'm going to have a cap. I'm going to have a cap like everybody else. I'm used to hearing this on TV. Now I'm going to have a cap. Okay, cool. Let me join the club. Let me join like everybody else. I went to join everybody else in France and uh, in Paris. And um, it was good. It was a good man. It was good, a good, good setup. It was a good experience, man. It was a really good experience. It's a good experience where, it's funny how you're playing against, you're playing with your training now with different players to what you used to play with uh, week in, week out. So the style of play, you're learning and you're picking up a few tips and you're learning a few things from different players. And you're like, okay, I'm looking at these people. You've got, you got these people that used to be there playing for Congo. They actually, they've made a big names in big leagues and big teams. In you've got people like Shabani Nonda. You might not know, you guys might not know him because you're probably young. Mm-hmm. Shabani Nonda was three times I think three times top scorer in the French league playing for Monaco. He was a three times top scorer three years in a row, the top scorer. So this guy was a banger goal scorer. This guy was a really, this guy would just shoot. He was like basically the, he was like the Alan Shearer or the Thierry Henry of the league. It is like every season, you know, he's going to be the top scorer. He was like that. So this guy, I used to look up to him. I used to look up to him from far. I used to check him out. I used to check his goals, check his... I used to sometimes go on his highlights and just watch him. And this time, I'm coming to the national game and I'm seeing him... I'm, I'm, I can see him standing right there. I can see him sitting right there. And me, I used to play for non-leagues. I'm talking about me playing for non-league, you know. I'm talking about way back, playing for non-league, playing for Bournemouth. And this guy was smashing it, mash, smashing in the French league. He, should, he, he even played the final when uh, Monaco played the Champions League. It was a final. It was a semi-final or final? No, they played the final. When they went to play the final, I think Patrick Evra was in that team as well. Even Seb Carroll. Seb Carroll was in that team. He was in that team as well. He was one of the young ones. He was on the bench. Yeah. So he was at like, the top, top guy. So I'm coming into the national team. And when I see him, I was like, uh-huh. I'm looking at him from up. Oh, I'm looking at him from his toes, yeah, all the way up to his hair. I'm thinking, shit, this guy's right sitting in there right next to me. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I doing here, man? It was a good experience. I got to chat to him. I got to talk to him. I got to talk to him. I got a chance to talk to him and give me a few tips and give me a few encouragement just because just you always need that from someone that's got so much experience compared to you. There's someone that's been there. He's been doing it for years. This guy's been around. He's played for... Pff, I can't even name the clubs. I was in clubs he played for. He's a top guy. So, yeah, it was good, man. It was a good experience. Really good. So, my experience, it gave me this small confidence. 
it gave me this confidence when I came back to the club it gave me this confidence as well yeah and when you did come back to club football Leeds finished the season in fifth po- Leeds finished the season in fifth spot and went into the playoffs and after overcoming Carlisle United in the semi-finals 3-2 on aggregate the final was confirmed against Doncaster Rovers at Wembley and mm-hmm. when when the match was played you started on the bench but replaced yeah. David Prutton in the second half and walked yeah. out at Wembley Stadium in front of 75,000 fans most of which yeah. were the supporters despite yeah. losing the match 1-0 how was how was that for you that's another game that game is even worse than a game relegated that one is even worse than game relegation, man. I'm telling you, that's even worse. That pain, that pain, it was even me. That pain of that game for me it was worse than me getting relegated, really. Because I did little relegation when I came to the club. I was I was kind of prepared that this club this club might be going down. You know when you're kind of prepared, you're preparing yourself mentally because you're thinking, okay, this this club is struggling. Leeds is actually struggling to stay in this league. We actually so trying to survive here. But when you come in, as you say, like we was like, I think we was our second. When we came by January, we were second in the league, I think. Yeah. I think we were second or third in the league when we came by January. And you're talking about coming to the playoffs against, who, who was it again? Carlisle. Carl, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the final. Oh, sorry, Doncaster. Doncaster, that's it. Doncaster, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? One game and you're back in the championship, like we said, like one game, 90 minutes, even though I was on a bench. But you know what? My support has always been, everybody that knows me, they will tell you. People will tell you whether I'm on a bench or not. I was just happy for the club. Everything was happening. If the club is winning, I'm winning. People could see it from the time when we, after that, when we got a promotion, after we played against Norwich, people could see my celebration, how I felt. People could see how I was because... The club was like, I felt like this club was my club. This club was actually my club. This was my house. I was comfortable at Leeds. I had a family at Leeds, actually. My cousin used to live at Leeds. That's one thing people don't know. I had I had a big family at Leeds. That's why I was, I was comfortable at Leeds. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, we need to go up, go up, go up, go up again. This club where it belongs now. If you know championship, then after that, let's get to championship first. And then we're going to see how we're going to work our way up there. This was a nightmare, man. That day... I can't even talk about this day because that, that day, because that day hurts me. I'm not gonna lie to you, it hurts me till now. If you want to watch the picture, I've got one picture when McAllister, McAllister, because McAllister was the manager back then. Yeah. McAllister was the the manager there, and I've got this picture where I'm actually. <laughs> it's funny me saying it. I've got a picture of me wiping my tears. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's how much it meant to all the players, wasn't it? Like you said, it was. Yeah, I've got, I've so got a picture. I've got this picture of me. I've got my top up. I've got my top up. Obviously, you can see these big six packs, though. I, I even had a, I had a eight packs back then. You can see my belly, and I've got one pack. Now I've got one pack. Don't worry, it's a one big pack now. But back then, I had a really eight packs. You can see my face. I'm putting my shirt up and just wiping my tears. I still got that picture right in my house. And he's just mad how sad it was, man, because he, oh, that hurt. That hurt. That really hurt. That hurt. Like I say to you, that hurt. That hurt me. More than us when we got relegated, it really did big time, big time. So, well, what can we say, man? That was football, and that's what happens in the finals. In the one, I won after winning, one after lose. In Leeds' first season in League One, you scored 14 goals, which was the second highest that season behind Jermaine Beckford. 
However, yeah. at the end of the season, Leeds brought in another striker in Luciano Becchio, who seemingly yeah. took your place for the start of the 2008-2009 season. And as a yeah. result, you joined Millwall on loan until January. How hard yeah. was that for you to take? Because you obviously had a good first season in League One. Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, like Jermaine, Jermaine, Jermaine scored 20 goals that season, right? Yeah. Roughly, Him 20, Jermaine you scored 14. 20. Yeah, Jermaine scored 20, I scored 14. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> There's certain things I can't really say, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm not a sort of person, I don't like, I don't like to moan. I just take life as it comes. I'm the sort of person, I'm strong-minded like that. I'm very strong-minded. And I've got this character where I can be as bad as I can. I know I can be, but I just take life as it comes. Sometimes like, you know what? Yeah, okay. If that's the way he sees it, that's the way he sees it. Like, uh, I think it was Mr. It was it Mr. Grayson that, that brought him in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Grayson brought him in, and I'll tell you what, though, Becchio, oh, my God, what a top guy. <laughs> oh, mate. This guy, he was like... The funny thing is, like, we were all strikers, and uh, we were all fighting for the first set, the same place. Obviously, we wasn't fighting against Jermaine Beckford. He was in a different league, right? Yeah? He was, yeah. like, a, he was like, by himself, and everybody else was like, we have to find someone to play with him. <laughs> That's the reality, you know what I mean? And we were the best mates, we actually were the best mates. It's like we're gonna. If I need to hang out, so I'll tell you what. That's the first person I'll call. Obviously, Bex. Everybody knew that. I'll call Becchio. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'll call Becchio next. I'll call Seb Carroll. I'll call Yuzi. I mean, I'll call Bradley. Bradley Johnson. It's like, it's like we had the. He he was such a top guy. This guy. He he was such a nice guy. I think it's something to do with this uh, South American people. I think they're just mm-hmm. top people. Like, when I went to Spain, I got experience as well because there were so many South Americans there playing in Spain. Oh my God, they were such they were, they were just the nicest people. There. They were just the nicest people you can have around. So Becchio is like, even though he was playing in front of me, he took the place. He was playing. I was just so happy for him. He's like, we'll finish training. We're still going to go and eat every day. Me and him, we're going to go restaurant. We're going to go and eat. We're going to go. He's going to go and sort his car. I'm going to come with him. He's going to go and fix up his car. I'm going to come with him. I'm going to go and do something. I'll still call him. He's like, he was just a top guy. You know what I mean? So me, in, in that sense, I never felt nothing about it because the guy was, he's a top guy. The guy was such a nice guy. Even he, he and, and he was doing his job on the pitch as well. He was good as well. There was one person I can say nothing about is Becchio. Because there was a few people that came in and they just took your place. They just took your place for, I know I could have done better. Now I'm looking at a few games. I think I could have been a little bit greedier. That's my problem. That's one issue that I've always had. I've never been this striker where he's greedy for goals, hungry for goals. I've never been that. People that watch me play, even when I was playing to this, in all these teams where you think I was scoring a lot of goals, all these uh, Barney, all these other teams I was scoring a lot. Even when I went to Millwall, when I went to Millwall, I scored a few goals. I scored quite. I was still one of the top scorers in the league when I went to Millwall. But, I was never a player where I was only concentrating on goals, 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 goals. I like to play and bring people in. Now, people never people never mentioned this. I was the top assist player in the league when Jermaine was a top scorer. Nobody mentioned that. Nobody ever said that. It's like people only watching you for the goals. They only watch your goals. They only want you to score. They only want you to do that. But all the assists, people seem to forget. I was getting more... Sometimes I was even getting more assists than the midfielders. 
as a striker because I just love to feed people in. I used to, obviously, you love to score goals, but I don't play only for goals. I used to play for the team. I used to play for, I would get a big chance. I would get a big ball on my head and I would know how to lay it down to somebody else for somebody else to score. It's like, that's, that was just my style of play. And obviously, as when you're a striker, it's like, yeah, you have to score goals. You have to score 20 goals. You have to score 30 goals. Me, I've never been a 30-goal goal person, but I, don't, I can't see myself being like that, really. I was more of a all-around. I just like to play all-around. And I just... That's when I played my best games when I was just playing the way I wanted to play myself. That's when I played my best games. But once somebody's telling me, you know what, you can't do that, you've got to do that, you've got to do that. They're making you play a position where... They're making you play in certain ways where... They want you to play because you're tall, because you're big. You have to be a target man. You have to be this, this. But that was not my style of play. I've never, ever been that style of play. If, if you watch me in training and you watch me when we play matches, completely different player. People never seem to realise because you obviously the fans are only going to come and watch you play when you're just playing a game, football match. People never used to come and watch us when we're training. People come and see me when you're training. You're completely a different player. When you come and watch your game, you're playing a completely different style because in training, you know, we don't really play 11 against 11. And uh, when we play, like me before, people seem to don't, people don't know that I used to be a midfielder. When I started my career, I was always a midfielder. People used to call me Pachu Vieira because I was tall and lanky with the skinny legs and long legs. So people would call me Pachu Vieira because I was so skinny and tall. And I was always the midfielder. When I went to Luton, I was a midfielder. When I was playing football for Luton, I was a midfielder. I was just attacking midfielder. That's how I've always been. You know what I mean? So I've got this style of play where I know to drop down and just play people in, play the game around. But when I came to certain clubs because you're tall and they want to see you as like a target man, obviously because I can jump and I can head. People make you become a target man because this is the style of play of England where oh, you're a target man. I'm going to play long ball to you. You have to head there. You have to chase there. And all that. That's not my style. But I just had to do it because the club made me do it. You know what I mean? So... And it never used to suit me because I wasn't enjoying doing it. I was not enjoying doing it. And if you don't want to do it, obviously, what the manager going to do? The manager will drop you because you don't want to do what he wants you to do. He will drop you. And uh, anyway, but start, apart from that, I love my time there. I enjoyed it so much. When I went to Millwall, I even enjoyed it more. You know why I enjoyed it more? Because when I went there, the manager let me play the way I wanted to play. I never, He never told me to be there. You're going to be a target, man. We're going to play long ball to you. And you have to chest it down. You have to head it and flick it over for somebody else to score. I never had that. Nobody told me that. My contract finished at Millwall. When it finished, I got I went there for six months. I think I scored like by January. I think I scored. I got like, I, I think by December, January. I think I got ten goals. Yeah. And then I went and then Fingers wanted to get me. Then uh, a team in the Championship wanted me. There must be a reason why. Why is it every time I go on loan, I always go to the teams above? I don't seem to understand that myself. <laughs> there must be a reason why. When I went to Millwall, they must I must have done something that was decent or probably right for me to go to. To Charlton, so I went to Charlton another another six months after that. But Charlton was another. I was basically experiencing what exactly what I, I had experience I had with Leeds when Leeds was going down the league in that season in the championship. Yeah. That's exactly what was happening with Charlton at that time as well. I went there. I enjoyed it because the manager was really he loved me. The manager was cool, Mr. Parkinson, which I appreciate this guy. He gave me. I I enjoyed my time at Charlton really. I really wanted to stay there. I really wanted to stay there. He wanted me to stay there, even though, because I knew Leeds never won. Mr. Grayson, I never had the chance with Mr. Grayson. The time I knew, I never had the chance with Mr. Grayson. And this is me being truth to you guys. I know I don't like to talk about backroom stuff and that, but 
the real time when I was really angry, I was really pissed off, is when Mr. Grayson brought in some votes. Yeah. Which I got nothing personal, nothing. I got nothing. I, I got nothing about the guy. The guy was cool. The guy was nice. We used to hang out. The guy was cool. He was a nice guy. Nothing personal. Make nothing personal against him. It's just the decision he made. We got to the point sometimes, even in the change room, some players they knew they want. You can tell we train together, we eat together, we yell together. You can tell people they would ask me why am I not playing. He was playing in it. I was playing the reserves games and all that. I was like, I was, I played that fifth. I probably played played like six games for the reserves. I probably got like ten goals. I probably played. I probably played like eight games in the reserves. I got like twelve goals. Yeah, he's got so a why he's you got a hat trick against Scunthorpe. Against Scunthorpe, yeah. I can't even remember that. I probably did. And uh, I'm thinking, so why this guy don't even give me a chance to play to play in the first time? He's playing Sam Volks. Okay, Sam Volks came from Wolves. Okay. He came on loan from Volks. Was it was it was it was it Wolves or was it Bournemouth where he came from? No, yeah, then? it was Wolves. Yeah, Wolves. It was Wolves. Yeah, it was Wolves. Yes. So he came on loan from Wolves. Okay, fine. He brought him around. Okay, cool. So I'm thinking he's playing, and I'm watching. Everybody's watching. We all got our eyes watching. So I'm thinking. So what is it that some Volks is not? Dis- I keep on repeating. No disrespect to the guy. No disrespect to the guy. But. Why is it that Sam Vox is doing that we can't do or anybody else can't do? What was he doing that I couldn't do? Why you, Why don't you give me a chance? Why don't you even give me a chance? Though this guy, Mr. Grayson, just never gave me... He's just. I think it was just a thing where he doesn't... <laughs> I don't want to say if he doesn't like me. I don't want to use this type of words like that, you know what I mean? Because... It was this his decision, you know. When sometimes you when you don't like, we don't want you don't want someone, and you just don't want someone. Don't matter what he does, you don't want someone. You don't want someone. That's you. You've made your decision where I don't like him. I'm not. He's, he's not. He's not in my team. He's not gonna play for me. Sometimes it's just like that, and I never seem to understand why. I asked him a few times. He was like, "Oh, nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. 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 There's nothing. You, you, you. Just wait. You're gonna get a chance. You're gonna play. End of the season. Nothing. I didn't play for the whole season." Never played yeah. for the whole season. So it was time for me to move on. So when I went to Millwall, I think I done decent. I think I done good. I got my 10 goals halfway through the season. And when I went there, you guys obviously you know of halfway through the season where we where, where Millwall was that season when I was there. When I was at Millwall, we was never below fourth. It was always for maybe fourth, third, something like that. It was like that. That's how the season was going. So the difference was that. And then that's when Millwall goes to me. That's when Leeds came back to me. You know what? You need to come back. I was like, why would I come back when I'm doing all right? You can see me. I'm doing okay. Why would I come back? Oh, yeah, you need to come back. So I come back to 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 to, to Leeds just to find out I'm going to Charlton. I'm like, oh, what's going on? You just get my point. So I just came yeah. back just to go to Charlton again. Then Charlton is basically 10 minutes away from Millwall. Yeah. Big rivals. Oh, yeah, they're basically just neighbours. So I'm going to Charlton, and they where are they? They did the championship. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, that's good. That sounds all right. Because <laughs> when he said to me to come back, I was like, oh, come back for what? I'll oh, come back. Trez going to talk. I come back, and then to just say, oh, you know what? Yeah, some uh, you might you want to go along against someone else. I'm like, I was all right. I knew what I was actually okay. That season, I could have finished the season with at least twenty goals, or maybe nineteen or eighteen. I'm fine. I mean, when I found out it was Charlton, I was like. What league is that? Oh, then in championship. I was like, oh, okay. Straight away, I said, yeah, okay, in London. Okay, I'll go championship straight. Straight off. So that's what happened. I went there. Obviously, we were struggling with Mr. Parkinson. Parkinson was the manager, which I loved. 
Uh, I enjoyed my time there, man. They had a decent team. They had a good team in the championship. I was playing back in the championship. I was playing week in, week out. It made me play quite a few games. I played probably about 10 games. I got two goals. Mm, I played. I thought it was alright. I enjoyed my time. The time, the team was struggling though. The team was struggling. But if I compare that team of Charlton, if I compare that team to the team that we had our uh, our uh, uh, Leeds when we were struggling, the Championship is nowhere near it. Leeds was actually had twenty times better. Twenty times better. So that's why I still wonder sometimes. How did we get relegated from Leeds that season? How did it happen with the players we had? But that's football, isn't it? That's football. There's a lot of things going behind the table as well. That's why they offer some fees to pay me so I can stay, so I can stay in the suck. And when we're gonna, when they're gonna get relegated, so I can stay in the League One with them. I re- I actually wanted to stay there because Mr. Charles, Mr. Parkinson, really wanted me. He really wanted to play me. He liked me. He wanted to play me every every game. And I knew the style of play he was making me play. I was enjoying myself, and I knew I would I would do well in League One as well. You know what I mean? I knew I was going to do well. With that team that we had in League One, it would have been a good team. And I asked the club, to, I begged the club actually, I really begged the club to, you know what? Leeds, I know I love Leeds and everything, but I'm not playing. I spent the whole season not playing. You know what I mean? This guy's not going to make me play. The time I knew I wasn't going to play, when Sam Vox was playing in front of me, I knew I was not going to play anymore. I just knew that. There was no way. Even the players, some players, they was, they was, they was moaning about it. Oh, oh, oh Trez, you, you deserve a game, man. You deserve a game. But it was not happening. So I had to go. I really had to go, and it never let me go. Even though when Char, even when Charlton offered a fee, and they wanted me to, they wanted to sign me or pay for me. Nah, they didn't want to let me go. So I came back to Leeds, Leeds again, spent another whole season again playing nothing, doing nothing. Yeah, and like like you said, that season when you'd just been so <laughs> successful at Millwall and Charlton was full of injuries and bench appearances, and yeah. but however, in the end. That season, Leeds did get promoted after the game against Bristol Rovers at Ellen Road, which unfortunately he didn't feature in it again. But what did you make of that season and what can you remember about that final day against Bristol Rovers? That game, that's me. Well, that's the whole season when, oh, my injuries was just, it was just mad for me, man. Would you believe it's been 10 years till today, but I still cannot even run properly because of my hamstring. I can run. Okay, jog. I can jog jog for a good 30, 25 minutes. But if you tell me to sprint, I cannot sprint properly. You know what I mean? When Leeds got the... When we got the, the winner against what, Bristol... Was it Bristol Rovers, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Bristol Rovers. When Beck, Beck smashed it, that was just mad, man. That was mad. That was mad. That was mad. That was just mad. I can't explain that, man. I can't explain that feeling, man. I knew I wasn't going to be involved in that championship team with Leeds, but... That feeling, man, he was just happy, man. I'm just happy for my guy, man. Dex was my mate, man. He was my guy, you know what I mean? So this is the guy that, that showed me around the pitch, that showed me around Leeds. He's the one that took me to find a new flat. He's the guy that was helping me to find a new apartment when I came to Leeds. He was the first one to talk to me when I came to the changing room. You know what I mean? So I was happy for him because I know where this guy comes from. I know where he comes from. We know what we used to talk about in the background, you know what I mean? We, we used to talk about how we used to feel about where we come from, where we need to be going. And we used to talk about these things in the change. We used to talk about these things at home. These guys used to give me a lift just before I get my car. He used to give me a lift to training and back. So he's a proper guy that I really knew. And I knew what he wanted in life. I knew what he wanted to do. I knew where he wanted to end up end up at. And uh, see what he's doing today, man. I'm just happy for him, man. He's the ambassador for Leeds now, right now. 
Yeah, yeah. LUTV does the television stuff as well. Exactly. And it's funny how I see this guy and I talking on TV, you know. This guy's talking on TV and this guy never used to do no interviews when I was there with him, Leeds. <laughs> he was the last person I called for an interview. <laughs> this guy's a ledge, man. Mr. Beckford. Yeah, so he's like, I'm watching him doing the interviews. I'm seeing him doing I'm like, really? You do the interviews now? I'm like, wow. The man's grown up, man. Big man now. He's a big man now. He's a different person. Nice to see him, man. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, so I was just, I was glad for the team. I was glad for everything, for the club, for the team, for Bex, for everything, man. Even though I, was, I knew I was leaving, so he was good, man. Patrick Snowball was there. I was happy for everyone, man. Oh, yeah. That time was great, man. And like you said, following that match, after four years at Leeds, just before the 2010-11 season, it was confirmed that you'd left the club by mutual consent. How did it feel to be leaving Leeds after four seasons, which consisted of lots of ups, but also lots of downs? Yeah. No, it was... It was I was sad at the same time, but at the same time, I had this relief because I wanted to leave myself because I had to concentrate on my, my career. Because of the person that was in front of me, like I'm saying to you, I just knew I never had an opportunity. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't be staying in there. I'm co- I could have left even a year before that. I could have left a year before that. But it's like, you're just looking around, you're thinking, I love the club, man. This is like a part of my family, man. I can't, it's like me leaving my family. I can't leave my family. No, 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 no. I can't do that. I love the club. Uh, you know what? I used to get on with... I'm telling you, I used to get on with the... With the chefs, the dinner ladies, or like we used to, I used to get on with everyone. Really, it's like a receptionist. Oh my god, I even forgot what she's called, man. It's a Carol, Carol, yeah. I even forgot what she's. It's like I used to get on with everybody. Uh, I would actually get on with everyone. You can tell anyone at the club. I would get on with anyone because I'm a I'm a bubbly person. I mean, me, I'm not I'm not fussy. I'm not a fussy person. I'm just bubbly. Like I get on with, I get on with whoever. I mean, unless you're trying to show me a different character, then that's a different story. But apart from that, I was just the most bubbliest person. And it was just, it was sad for me to leave and I see everyone. I see everyone. I took a picture with all my mates at the car park. I knew I was leaving. And I asked the club to let me go because I just had to go. I had to go. I just knew my time was, my time was up. And um, because of what happened, the way I felt, the way I felt about a lot of decisions happening in uh, at the club at the time towards me, I'm not gonna blame one person, but it's just like towards a few, towards me what was happening. I just wanted to leave the country, really. I just I just wanted to go somewhere where nobody knows me, and uh, I can only just people can just judge me on football, and I can play different type of football. And the reason why I really decided to go to Spain is because the style of play of the way they make big people like me play, I'll tell you the truth, that was the main reason because I had a lot of clubs. I had, I had tons of clubs in League One, tons of clubs in League One like they wanted me to sign. But I just, even Mill wanted me to go back there, all these clubs. But it's like, I just wanted to go somewhere where nobody knows me so I can just play my style of football where I just want to play football my feet. I want to play football. You know what I mean? So Spain was perfect. And when somebody said to me, yeah, there was this guy, he used to watch you play for years, he's known you, and he's the manager for Albafete. I said, who's Albafete? Who, 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 is that a football club? He goes to me, yeah, he's a football club. <laughs> I remember, well, in Spain, yeah, this and that, yeah. In Spain, is just pure football. I was like, okay, cool. 
don't waste it. What's the contract? The contract's right there. Fax it to me. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll go. I'll change the country. I'll go to a different country. Let me start fresh. Let me play somewhere where there's no pressure. Nobody knows who Trezor is. I can just prove my football. Only football-wise. I can just play football the way I want to play football. And this guy, that's why, I, that's why I spoke to him before I come there. He goes to me, look, I'm Spanish. This is about football here. We're not going to be playing this long, long this, this, this. No, this is pure football. This is, I'm talking about football. And back then, it was the time when Spain was the team in the world. You know what I mean? The Spanish team is like, Spain was like crazy. That's the time when Spain was Spain. When you've got David Villa up front with the Taurus. That was the real mm-hmm. Spain. Yeah. So that time, it was the football like that. So yeah, I decided to go there. But it was really sad for me to leave. At the same time, I was relieved. I had this relief inside of me because, I, you know what? I had this burden about, oh, at least I can go so many people want me and I'm going to play now. I'm not going to be stuck with this guy. I tell you, he makes you feel like he wants you, but obviously we all know that he doesn't, he doesn't want you there. I had this relief where I was free to do what I wanted to do, even though it was sad for me to leave this nice job that I really loved. Finally, from us, since your departure from Leeds, have you ever had the chance to visit Ellen Road since? Nope. I've never visited... I've never, I've never stepped back in Leeds, not even the city. I've never been there because I've been so busy about, if you people realise, I'm always in France, I'm always in Paris and Belgium, like I'm travelling Saturday. That's yeah. why I told you guys, you know what, well, let's do it today, today, because I just knew I'm going again. And I was like, you know what, let me do this now, because I've been doing other things. Like I said to you earlier on, I, was, I, got, I got this depression about football, so I was away from football. And that's one of the main reasons why I've never been back at a club. And uh, in England, it's like I'll spend I'll spend a month in England and I'll probably spend two months in France or Belgium. That's why that's what I've been doing for the past eight years, seven years. Yeah. Because I've been uh, away from football, so I got myself into promotions. I'm talking about music, so I do I promote music and I organize concerts, shows, all these kind of things. I've got all these artists where I've signed in France and uh, they do the job of it for me so <laughs> I do that at the same time as well I've got my academy my academy I haven't opened it now it's an old academy I've opened in 2013 that's why when you say to me like, I see you oh, we, oh, you've opened up your academy lately it's not lately this academy's been there since 2013 but I have been running it and I locked it off because I was so away I was away so much I was always doing my, my music stuff off it my basically my, my music uh the music side of my business took over so much because he was he grew up so quick and uh, he was working so well and uh, I had to concentrate on that and so I had to spend a lot of time over there. That's why I couldn't run the thing with the kids in England as much. And uh, right now we kicked it back. We kicked it back since about well, this end of last year, the end of uh, 2019. That's when we kicked it back. Because I'm running something that I'm going to be running back in Congo. Because obviously, you know, I'm from Congo, right? Yeah. I'm going to be doing this. Um, we do. I'm going to be running these things about football. This academy thing about football in Congo, which you guys will get to see it, man. I'll let you guys know, man. You'll get to see what's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, we'll follow you on Instagram with... anyway. We'll repost yeah. it as well for you. <laughs> I'll let you guys see it. If you want to, guys, I'll get invite you back get back to Congo to so come and do some interviews over there to the players. So <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we talk and... Uh, that's the reason why I had to kick off this academy again by the end of the last year because what I'm going to be running in Congo is basically I'm open up I've opened up this academy back in, in Congo as well. I've got a few sponsors that want to sponsor it and uh, I'm training all I'm going to be training all this we, not me training but we, we're going to be renting we got, we got these coaches 
we've got these teachers, we've got a lot of people training the kids for under 15s. This competition is going to be live on TV. We're going to be running every season, every year is going to be every season, which we're going to be running. And uh, the winner of the, every competition every year is going to get a contract, he's going to get, he's going to get a deal in a club in France. So for under 15s, under 16s, he's going to, the winner of the competition of the whole series is going to get a deal, a little YTS contract for a club in France or Belgium. That's what we're going to be running. So it's going to be basically going to be like a reality show, like an X Factor kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what man's going to be running in Congo. But by the end or by the beginning of next year. Good work. So anyway, I'll, let you, I'll, let you, I'll, I'll keep you posted. So Sounds that's what I've been that. doing lately. And my music is always there. The music in France obviously is slowed down now because of the Corona. Corona's killed us. All this COVID-19 killed us, yeah. killed the business. And that's the reason why I've been back. I've been spending a lot of times here, but getting back Saturday for all the things so I'm going to come back to Leeds I'm going to come back to Bex is there anyway he's going to give me free tickets right (laughs) (laughs) sure we'll ask him for you might even be able to get him before we do uh, Bex is there I don't don't have to worry Bex is still there so he's going to give me free tickets I know Seb Seb still lives in the corner over there so if I need to go I'll just call Seb 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 me my my, my bedroom yeah I'll come and sleep there and uh, Mr. Carroll get me my room I'm nice to go I'm good to go I've got nothing to worry about, man. I've got free tickets. I go, I'll go. i just drive there. I've got free tickets. I've got a place to sleep. I'm good. This second section of the show is where our followers get to ask their questions to our guest by commenting on our LUFC fans on Instagram post. Each episode, we select four questions which are commented and put them forward to our guest. This week's first question comes from Alex, who asks... During your four seasons at Leeds, what was your favourite goal and why? My favourite goal at Leeds? I didn't score many, so it's going to be easy to remember, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Favourite? I'll probably say the... I'll say the first one, you know? I think I'll say the first one. I think the first one because it opened the doors for for a lot of things. I think uh, it's the one that people remember a lot. I'm not talking about the the, the good looking of the goal, but I think the importance of the goal. Um, yeah, the one why the one Yuzi Yuzi crossed it with his left foot, and uh, I headed it. I headed it, and I meant that, you know, I meant to put it through the keeper's legs, you know. I really did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably say that was the more, it was quite important because we had to kick off. He was that is that like, kick off the back, so he had to wake us up, and uh, that was that's when we kicked off. I think I'll say the first one. Our second question comes from Andrew, who asks. Your goal celebrations when you're at Leeds are still well known to fans who watched you play and can still remember your backflips. But when did you realise you could do them and can you still do them now? I'll tell you what. What's the person's name? Andrew. Andrew. Wow. The first guy was Alex, right? The first one that asked the question, was it Alex? Yeah. Yeah. The first question was Alex. Oh, Andrew. Whoa. You know what? Me remembering when I've done the backflip Damn, it must be it must be when I was at it must be when I was at school. I can't even remember, you know. You can't I can't remember. You see, one of them things you don't learn, nobody teaches you. You just done it. You just I don't know when I've done it. I can't remember when I've done it. When I've done that, I think it must I must have been at school, really early at school. It must be a school, I think. I think it was at school. I would say early days, early days of school. Yeah. And uh, what was that other question? Can what you still do them now? <laughs> if I can still do them, yeah. Well, yeah. If, you, if, 
You know what? Yeah, if you looked at me right now, you would just you wouldn't even ask that question. <laughs> like I said to you, I used to have the eight packs. Everyone, everyone at the club knew this guy had the eight packs for the club. If you look at me now, I've got one pack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I've never tried it, but I will see if I can. You know what? Yeah, I'll try to do it. I'll try. I'll try, I'll try to sort of sort of a video for him for himself. I'll try to go to the park and try to do when I get a video and I'll send it to you guys and see if I can still do it. If I land on my head, tell him to pay for my, for my life insurance. <laughs> yeah, we'll forward him his Instagram out just so you can get in contact with him should the worst happen. Next up is Steve who asks, whilst you were at Leeds, who did you think was the best player you played alongside and why? The best player? Yeah, the best player. I'll say Bex, no question. No question. There's no question. That's not even that's that's not even a question, Steve. That's not a question. Bex, he was Bex was just Bex, man. Bex had his speed. Bex had a finish. This guy could finish. Uh I don't have to tell you guys, obviously you guys know that, right? This guy could just finish, man. This guy could just shoot. He had the confidence to just this guy could just I don't know, man. Not this guy could just finish. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to finish, I've never played with someone better than that. Better better finisher than that. Never. Mm. I've seen, but I've played with great players, good players. I'm talking about playing football. There's good players, but I'm talking about being the being decisive, like where he knew what he had to do at the right time, and he knew what to do as a striker. As a striker, playing alongside a striker, not better than him, nah, nah. And this week's final question comes from Jack, who asks, "When Leeds got promoted on the final day of the season against Bristol Rovers." I hope that there was a big party which went long into the night to celebrate promotion. Can you remember what you and the rest of the squad did that night and what was your best memory from it all? Wow. Was he there? I was there. but You I, was there. I was, was there. he there? Was Steve there? Uh, um, was Steve there? Uh, <laughs> I can the tell you, we don't know Steve. <laughs> this, you know, these are just random people that okay. have messaged us. These are just random people. Okay, okay. Uh, damn, I know, I know. We went, we had, um, we had a clubs meeting with the fans and everyone. Obviously, we had a dinner, right? Yeah. We had a dinner with the, the everyone was there, and uh, I think we went out. We went out, and obviously, when when I go out, everybody knows what I'm gonna do when I go out. I can't tell you guys that on on radio right now. Or <laughs> everybody. <knows. laughs> Everybody knew what me, Bex, Sebi, Carol. Everybody knew what we were going to be doing, man. I mean, so... Um, what what happened? Can you tell me? What happened? I know we went out, but what happened? What, what, what that was really the happened? question. That was the question. <laughs> the, question <laughs> what, the question was, can you remember what you and the rest of the squad did that night and what was your best memory from it all? Yeah, but the way you're asking is that we've done something... Oh, no, no. Something no. different. <laughs> no. I know we went out. We went out. We had a time when we was, uh, we was at the club's dinner where the play, when we was giving the trophies about the players' players and all that. Uh, obviously, Beck's one of them. He won everything, I think. He won yeah. all the trophies and he took all the trophies as usual, the pretty boy. And then, um, I think we just went out. I think we just went out, had a good time, went downtown and we went out. Oh, that's, all, that's all I can remember, you know. I can't remember anything else. Maybe I was just too drunk. A bit blurry from that. <laughs> <laughs> Means it was a good night, though. It was a great night, man. It was a great, great night. What I remember me doing a moonwalk. I saw it on YouTube the other day. After we was in a, I was dancing around and I said, yeah, we've gone up. 
we've gone up and I've started doing the moonwalk or dancing, doing the Michael Jackson dance and all that. But I, I can remember all that stuff. <laughs> the video is still really on YouTube. So it was good, man. It was a great night. It was a great night. And that ends today's episode. Thank you to everyone for sending your questions and thank you so much for your time, Chazel. You're welcome. More than welcome, mate. Anytime. We'll be back in two weeks with our next guest. Stay tuned for the post over on our LEFC fans on Instagram later this week. Thanks for listening.